This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. America announced that travelers from China will have to produce a negative COVID-19 test on arrival. Countries in Asia and Europe have already announced similar measures as Chinese citizens prepare to resume outbound travel. Earlier this week, China's government announced it would end mandatory quarantine for inbound travelers in January. Hong Kong, meanwhile, scrapped most requirements on entry from the mainland and elsewhere. Ukrainian officials said scores of Russian missiles had been launched at the country's cities, but that air defenses had intercepted 54 out of 69 of them before they landed. The capital, Kiev, was targeted, as well as Kharkiv, Lviv, Odessa, and Zhytomyr. On the southern front, Ukrainian officials urged residents of Kherson, which they liberated just six weeks ago, to evacuate their city as Russian forces escalated mortar and artillery attacks. Pele, the Brazilian superstar footballer, died aged 82 at a hospital in Sao Paulo after a long battle with cancer. He was perhaps the best footballer to have ever played. Pele, whose full name was Edson Arantes do Nascimento, won three World Cups for Brazil and six national titles with Santos, his club team. His 1,279 goals in 1,363 matches is a world record that is unlikely to be surpassed. Benjamin Netanyahu was sworn in as Israel's prime minister after the Knesset passed a vote of confidence in his new government. He leads a right-wing coalition of his own Likud party together with smaller ultra-nationalist and ultra-orthodox parties. Many fear that their policies could inflame relations with the Palestinians, particularly over settlements. It is Mr. Netanyahu's sixth term as prime minister, a record. America's Department of Labor announced a slight rise in the number of first-time benefits claimants, up by 9,000 to 225,000 in the week ending on December 24th. The figures suggest a modest softening in a tight labor market, raising hopes that a slowing economy might persuade the Fed not to raise interest rates again by as much as had been feared. With two days to spare, the Italian Senate approved a budget for next year, the first from Giorgia Meloni's right-wing government. To ensure it passed, her cabinet made the crucial vote one of confidence in the government. The budget provides more than 21 billion euro, 22 billion dollars, for offsetting the effects of the energy crisis. More controversially, it curbs Italy's main poverty relief scheme, paving the way for its abolition. Police in Bolivia arrested Luis Fernando Camacho, a prominent opposition leader on charges of terrorism. The right-wing governor of the wealthy state of Santa Cruz has been leading demonstrations against the leftist government of President Luis Arce. Mr. Camacho's supporters claim that he has been kidnapped. His arrest sparked violent protests in Santa Cruz. And fact of the day. One million. 
The number of new COVID infections being recorded every day in China's eastern province of Zhejiang, with a population of 65 million. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. 2023 in preview. Will flying taxis take off? This week, we are looking ahead to next year's big stories. Today, what will emerge from the fields of science and technology? This will be a crucial year for the pioneers developing electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft, popularly known as flying taxis. These airborne marvels, which navigate using multiple small rotors, much like hovering drones, generally carry fewer than six passengers. With clever software controlling the rotors, they are easier to fly than a helicopter and capable of autonomous flight. A number of firms in Europe and Asia will be carrying out flight trials in 2023 as they move towards obtaining an airworthiness certificate and stepping up commercial production of their aircraft. Companies are also working hard to get regulators' approval to carry paying passengers. Ehong, a Chinese firm, is working with that country's aviation administration on flight trials of its two-passenger vehicle, which flies autonomously. In Europe, Volocopter, a German company, is hoping its two-seater Volocity can be approved in time for the Olympics in Paris in 2024. In 2023, the race to get this industry off the ground will truly begin. 2023 in preview. The war in Ukraine could spur innovation. Russia's invasion has prompted Western countries to increase their defense spending. In the past, military technology has found its way into the mainstream. You can thank efforts of American defense researchers to build computer networks for your ability to read this story, or indeed anything else on the internet. One area of focus today is improving supply chains. Rather than having to transport food, medicine, water, and fuel to soldiers in remote locations, American researchers hope to be able to manufacture them all on-site using novel biotechnology. Another technology to watch is hypersonic weapons, which many countries are developing and which travel at 5 to 25 times the speed of sound. Venus Aerospace, an American startup, aims to use this technology to build a space plane that could fly passengers between any two points on Earth within an hour. Vladimir Putin's war, which has brought huge suffering and hardship, may one day have unexpected technological spin-offs. 2023 in Preview A Sexual Evolution Sex is becoming accepted as an important aspect of a person's general well-being, something to be maintained and improved. In 2023, this trend will accelerate. Already, 25 to 30 percent of adults in America, Britain, and France own sex toys. A third of them had bought their devices in the previous three years. Innovative startups in the sexual pleasure business are particularly attuned to the needs of female customers, in part because they are, unusually for the tech industry, often led by women. 
Education about sexual dysfunction, pleasure, and how to talk about these topics is also going to get better. Apps and websites run by companies and nonprofit groups are making sex education easier to access and less stuffy. They are covering topics that people are generally reluctant to talk about, such as masturbation, erectile dysfunction, or reaching orgasm. These are hopeful developments. Far too many people have needlessly unhappy sex lives. 2023 in Preview Big Tech's Next Big Thing The coming year will see big tech firms doubling down on two related, much-hyped possibilities. The first is virtual reality, VR, and augmented reality, AR, headsets, face-strapped gadgets that immerse users in computer-generated worlds. Meta, Facebook's parent company, currently accounts for around two-thirds of all AR and VR headset sales. But it faces competition from Apple, which is likely to release a headset next year, and Sony. At $1,499, Meta's latest headset is pricey. Cheaper, more mainstream devices are likely to follow in 2023. The second is the Metaverse, which many hope will replace the Internet with a three-dimensional digital landscape. Meta has spent more than $27 billion on the Metaverse, despite skepticism from analysts and investors. Its share price has slumped this year. But the video games business has sold virtual worlds for decades. Epic Games has already held live music gigs inside Fortnite, its popular online battle game. In 2023, the metaverse, which has yet to prove itself for much beyond gaming, may well face a reality check. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown three winners on Saturday. Friday. Which best-selling book, written by Angela Duckworth, explains how success can be achieved by a combination of passion and persistence? Thursday. What term, which refers to passing a point of no return, relates to an incident in the career of Julius Caesar. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Richard Rogers, who died on this day in 1979. If somebody wants to sing my songs after I'm gone, nobody will be happier than my dead body. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.